Hello, I'm Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and happy Valentine's Day. I wanted to do an episode around art and love and relationships. And even if you're listening to this not on Valentine's Day, it's okay. Um, you know, I think all these things are equally as important to think about, discuss, um, and d- dominate our lives on a day-to-day basis beyond just Valentine's Day. But I figured it would be fun if you're catching this on Valentine's Day to put this episode out specifically for Valentine's Day. But again, if you're not listening to this on Valentine's Day, that's okay too. It's going to apply just the same. And before I get into things, I would like to take the opportunity to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. That way you get all the various episodes and lessons that I put out right when I put them in. Thank you if you just did. Thank you if you already were. It really does mean a lot to me. So I think, you know, there's a number of ways I want to kind of go and talk about this. I'm going to kind of jump around at certain moments. But overall, I think uh, art and relationships, I think, is a, is a, you know, artists themselves want good relationships. And sometimes that can be difficult. Now, I should also clarify that oftentimes when we think of relationships, we automatically, as a society, jump towards just like love. That's the highest form. Like when we, and even love, when we talk about it, we talk about it from a, a, the standpoint of a romantic partner. And so firstly, I want to kind of just break that down because I think, uh, you know, as C.S. Lewis uh, said, I'm paraphrasing, but like love is wonderful, but it's not the only thing. Right. And to me, what he was really talking about is this idea that uh, that, you know, it's great to have a romantic partner with and share your life. But there are other also wonderful forms of love out there that are equally as valid and and you should also pursue. So it shouldn't you shouldn't just hone in on this one singular thing. Now, when it comes to romantic love specifically. To me, what's kind of interesting is that uh, you know, when when the person that we should kind of go towards is someone who is whole without us. They are they are an individual without us. They don't you know um, writers and and and, and um, you know spiritual healers such as Don Miguel Ruiz talk about this. Like you cannot. If you're not whole to begin with, no one else is going to be able to satisfy that for you. So, you know, in that same sense, maybe the other person's whole and you're not. And thinking that they can complete you, ultimately in my mind and, you know, through many psychologists, is not the proper way to go about this. You know, I think you probably know and have seen evidence of this, maybe you've been in it firsthand, I don't know, where like one person is trying to fix the other. And really that's saying that, you know, the idea of falling in love with someone's potential in theory can be this wonderful notion of like you believe in them, but it negates the idea that you see them from there because they might not ever become the thing that, that you or I might see within them because they don't want to, um, they're perfectly happy the way they are. And so if you can't accept the person for what they are, then you really 
don't love them, right? It's conditional love by definition, right? I love you, but you have so much potential and I want to see you rise. It's like, okay, that's conditional. And, and you know, the, the interesting part about all these things is, you know, even as I tie it into romantic love, of course, it applies to all relationships. Uh, you know, friendships themselves can be based on conditional love um, or not, right? And, you know, my viewpoint on it is that I, you know, as far as somebody who I would want in my life, I want them to be already an ambitious, a motivated person with their own life. Uh, they, they have, as, as the proverbial thing goes, they have their shit together. And anything that I bring to the table, I just add to it, right? I don't want to detract from that. I want to add to it. And vice versa. And, you know, there's things that we can come together on, but we also have separate interests, um, you know, and we support each other um, how possible in the ways that are possible. And I think, you know, I was talking with my friends um, about this kind of earlier. You know, I think especially as artists, you know, we're, we're sometimes in this position like, yeah, we work really hard. And if we have our own dreams we're going to be pounding the pavement and it can be a, it's already a tough balancing act even as single people to be an artist. And so with somebody else, it's like, how do you be supportive and, and whatnot, um, continually in my stance, right. Um, and not saying I'm right. And partly it depends on, you know, the, the partner, but my stance is this, that, you know, I, I, let's say, um, you know, it's a musician, I might not be able to come out to every music gig and things of that nature, but I will try to make as many as I can, but I will especially make the ones that I know are super important. And when I, when I do, I will make them feel extra special, you know? So, um, or conversely, let's, I'll talk about it from my perspective. You know, I don't need somebody to, you know, be engaged with, my day-to-day activities um, in the filmmaking world, meaning I don't need them to read every script draft that I ever write. Um, I don't need them uh, to, you know, give me feedback or things like that. But if I like have, you, you know, may, maybe they're not involved in any part of the entire process, but when the premiere comes, that's special to me. And I, and I say like, Hey, you know, the premieres on such and such day at this time, then I expect them to come and be there fully and wholeheartedly, right? So in a way, it's like saying, you know, I don't ask for much, but the thing that I ask for, you know, you know, that means something to me. And I try to, so the same way I want to receive that, I try to give that. And so, you know, the person that I would, obviously, you know, that's up to the other person. They have to be willing to accept that about me, you know, it, it could very much not be a thing that works for them, but um, that would be my idea, right? And so, like, just going off the example, you know, if it if if it was a musician, they're um, they're kind of doing a launch party for the, the release of their CD and so forth. I would make sure not only all my friends would come to support on um, you know the opening night of like all this, you know, where they're they're playing the venue, but I would to the extent that I could make sure all of her friends would come and so forth. 
right? That that is how I I would make that as special as I could. And, you know, um, obviously, uh, you know, whatever else, kind of like flowers, chocolates, a gift, you know, whatever else. And I think, you know, one of the big things for me is I don't think you have to get uh, too expensive um, and whatnot. I think to me, right, it really is the thought that counts. And what I mean by this for me specifically is, but, and this, this also speaks to a larger thing, you know, get tying into friendships and so forth. But when you're just present with somebody, you can pay attention and pick up on certain things, right? And so if someone, I don't know, says they like ladybugs, I don't know why. Like as kids, you know, <laughs> they used to see all these ladybugs and then one would land on their finger and it was really special to them or whatever, right? And even if it's just kind of like a throwaway thing that they say drunkenly to you, <laughs> whatever, I don't know. But, you know, by being present, that can like literally stick in your mind and you can kind of save that and be like, oh, you know what? I remember them talking to me about ladybugs and as you're picking out, uh, you know, a birthday card, something like that, you pick out the ladybug. And then you make reference to it and so forth and what you write and things of that nature. So I think to me, that is far more special. You know, it's, 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 it's about showing that, that you see the person and you're paying attention to them. Um, that's how I, that's how I approach all of my friendships. Um, and whenever, you know, my past relationships to the extent that I can and have. Now, here's an interesting part that I kind of thought about. In life, most of your relationships will fail. Romantically, as well as otherwise, right? Friendships and so forth. Life is fluid. And so, you know, the the people that you were friends in elementary school, uh, middle school, high school, you know, they might not even be the same throughout. But let's say you were lucky enough to have, you know, the one friend or a couple of friends that, you know, you guys were the group that went from elementary to middle school to high school. You know, then as you guys go off to college, it can be very difficult to maintain that, 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 that bond that you had. Maybe you're lucky enough where you guys go to the same college or at least college in the same area so you guys can see each other and kind of maintain that bond. But overall, you know, this... It is a rarity, right? Life life happens. The dynamics change, even though we don't want them to. And the reason I say this, I kind of say it like hyperbolically that most relationships will fail. And I, and I use the word hyperbole because, of course, failure is not really a failure. It's just phases of life, you know? Um, if you kind of look at the grand scheme of things, our life is just a phase, you know, we're born and hopefully we live long and healthy and productively in all the ways that we can. And when I say productively, I'm not just talking about work. I'm talking about our impact on humanity and with our art and so forth. And then we die, right? Uh, and it's how we choose to spend our time within this phase that means something. And within that, we have many phases as well. You know, and people come and go and it's just kind of, I think it's a fact of life that many of us don't necessarily want to embrace um, within our lives. 
that is kind of what it is in short, you know, um, I think, you know, one of the things that I've made peace with is that both in terms of friendships as well as relationships, like, you know, there's relationships for me that have ended and I still have love for the person and I always will, even though we're not together. And that continues beyond, you know, and and if they ever need me and stuff like that, I will be always be there for them. And whoever they end up with, great. I want them to lead a happy life. You know, and it always it really does baffle me whenever couples break up and they end things on bad terms and so forth. Because like, what, what, why were you in the relationship A in the first place? it didn't have to get into that point you know if you just kind of recognize like okay just this isn't working and so forth then then we can be i don't know for lack of a better term adults about it and just just move on and still be supportive uh julia cameron author of uh, uh the artist's way and other such books if you're not familiar with her please look her up like she is an incredible thinker incredible mind but on an episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, and I'll link to that in the description if you want to check it out. In fact, I encourage you. Uh, one of the things that she was talking about was, you know, there was a there was a love in her life that that you know she, a romantic partner that that she ended things with. And yet she still kind of loved him. And she kind of explored that in her own way of like, you know, how do I get rid of this feeling? And, you know, it was kind of cool because the, the conclusion she came to really was, well, love is forever. <laughs> so you don't have to end anything. doesn't mean you have to be with the person, but love is forever. And I thought that was, that was such a cool, you know, and she has a much, again, this is why like she is who she is. She has a much more eloquent way of expressing it, considering it, talking about it. And so please, I encourage you to, listen from her directly, but that is the sentiment and kind of, you know, in my own way, I've always maintained that sentiment. I just never was able to verbalize it in the way that she was. And when, when she kind of talked about it, I thought it was a cool confirmation for me. And all these things, yeah. And part of the reason I consider all this is because love is like one of the greatest emotions and certainly in art, it gets written about and, and, and dramatized so often. In fact, there's a wonderful quote from Almost Famous that goes, uh, great art is about conflict and pain and guilt and longing and love disguised as sex and sex disguised as love. And let's face it, you got a big head start. You know? Uh, I think that that really is a wonderful quote. Um, and I think it speaks to, yeah, what, what art ultimately tries to embody. I think, you know, art, I've said in a number of different ways, is really about universal truths. And universal truths are really about human emotions, human empathy, human connection. And, you know, I think it's one of the things like, you know, we, we, we have a love for our art, but then we also kind of, we, we want to be of this world and not, not just write about the world. And so we want to also feel human connection, whether through friendships or 
romantic partners. And, you know, oddly, as artists, it is a little bit of a balancing act. Um, and it can be difficult at times. But I think it's no different than, you know, if you ultimately talk to other people. Um, the partner that really is for us, you know, and call it a set of standards, call it like what you're looking for. You know, it takes time. It does. It does. Um, and of course, your preferences and so forth can evolve over time. Um, you know, sometimes very early on, you might, you know, there's a level of ex experimentation that can take place because you don't know necessarily what you're looking for. No different than like a job search uh, of like, you know, you might be trying out various jobs. Um, and of course, when it comes to relationships, I think it's a little bit, uh, you have to be a little bit careful in that respect because, you know, now uh, people's emotions get into play and you don't want to come, you don't want to be an asshole about it. Um, so I think part of it is, you know, just being forthright and honest. Um, you know, and one of the things that I think to me in, in any relationship, right? Again, romantic or, or friendship is how you handle disagreements. Because let's face it, no matter the compatibility level, there's always going to be disagreements. Even if 99.9% .9 of everything is agreeable to both parties, there's going to be that 0.1% that arises that if you guys don't know, if you guys don't agree on how you should argue and what moves, you know, a, a conversation forward, then you're doomed. And I was actually just talking with one of my friends and he had an argument with someone that he's kind of seeing. And I said to him, like, you know, I don't want you to have disagreements with um, the person, but it actually brought them together because it, it, it you know, it brought them to a deeper understanding of each other and so forth. Um, and they handled it with grace and without yelling and with compassion for each other of just being honest and candid of like, Hey, this is, this is where I'm coming from. This is where I'm coming from. And how do we resolve this and move forward? I think that's a key component to, to any relationship, you know, the ability to be honest. Um, you know, one of the things that I always like to consider is rather than have relationships be equal, I want it to be equitarian. Now, what's the difference? Well, equal means there's a scorecard, and, you know, you're kind of keeping track of like, okay, you know, I did this, I did this, I did this. First off, that's always just going to be based on your perception, right? Because ultimately, unless both parties define how they're keeping score, <laughs> the score is always going to be viewed differently by both parties. But equitarian is this idea that, um, that there's a sense that things are equal. So there might be a period where, you know, um, things are going well um, for somebody. And, you know, um, I might be helping somebody out and, and, you know, putting a lot into that. And then all of a sudden, you know, there might be a time I really need somebody. So if I pick up the phone, I know they're going to be there for me no matter what. Um, it's just that sense that, you know, the idea of, you know, who are you going to call in a moment of, 
of true need. And when, and when you can really consider that that person, no matter what, will be there for you, that to me is an equitarian um, relationship as opposed to, because that's the other thing. When, when things are equal, it just, you know, it, it kind of puts people in the sense like they have to, like they owe you something and therefore it's conditional. So, you know, this is more, uh, at least in my mind, as I can express it through like friendships, right? Let's say, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm always doing X, Y, and Z for somebody or giving them money, whatever the case may be. And then, you know, now I'm just like, hey, now, uh, you know, now I, so I call them and I'm like, hey, I need you to do this for me. Remember? Because, you know, uh, I already did all this stuff for you. So, you know, you owe me this, right? So the idea like you owe me this becomes a, to me, becomes a conditional relationship because you're having to love that over them as a, it's, un, it's conditional love. Whereas if in your heart, you know, it is an unconditional, first off, if they say no, and you, then, then that, and you're still cool with it, then that is unconditional love. Because even if they say no, you're cool with it. It's not to say, imply that you shouldn't have standards or boundaries and that you should be walked on and, and give yourself with nothing in return. But still, nonetheless, um, you know, in the rare inst- in the instance that they say no or they can't, you're okay. Um, so yeah, uh, that is kind of you know, equitarian versus equal. Aim for equitarian. Um, the the thing that I kind of really consider as far as any relationship is this idea that I never try to force anyone to be in a relationship. Meaning, let's say jealousy, right? In a romantic relationship, when people get jealous to me, uh, you know, when I, when I if we see evidence of jealousy, what it indicates to me is this idea that they're scared and then they become protective and defensive. And protective and defensive really means restrictive. And what they're really restricting is their love. Now they're just kind of acting from a place of fear as, as opposed to a place of love. So there's a phrase that I really love. It goes, if you're not free to leave, you're not free to stay. And what this means is like, essentially in, in, in the sense of like jealousy, it's like, listen, I'd much rather someone stay with me because they enjoy being around me because they value me and they, they I bring something of value to their life versus keeping them tied to me because of X, Y, and Z, right? And this is where abusive like relationships are really, you know, what they're all about is ultimately the person that is suffering through this was never really free to leave. Um, and therefore, of course, they're not really free to stay. Like they don't have the freedom within the relationship. Hence why they're, you know, they're controlled and so forth. And it is sad when people, uh, you know, by no means am I an expert on toxic relationships, but it is sad to me when people just say, well, like, why don't you just get out of that relationship? It's like, it's not as easy as we purport it to be. Um, it, it is difficult, right? So if, you know, uh, if you're not free to leave, we're never free to stay. 
But the point being that I'd much rather whatever relationship I'm in, friendship or romance, that that person wants to be friends with me or, you know, maintain that romantic relationship with me because of who I am and what I bring to the table versus me being like, no, that guy sucks. That guy sucks. No, you can't, you know, like, no, you got to be with me because of X, Y, and Z. Right? Who's that help? Doesn't help me. Doesn't help the other person. So that's the way I look at that side of it, you know. And you know, I think I think a lot of people would benefit if we really held to that. I really do. I really do. And I think it's worth sharing. Uh, you know, this this opens me up to vulnerability. Um, but I think, you know, uh, I try to be honest with you as much as I can, especially in these types of vlog um, episodes. I wanted to share, um, you know, recently I did ask somebody out. And the way I sort of view it for me, I don't like to, I'm not someone that uh, just asks out anybody. I'm, I'm very methodical. Um, I don't like to waste my time. I don't like to waste other people's time. I don't like, you know, I might be an old school dinosaur in a lot of ways as far as this is concerned, but the idea of like just dating, um, doesn't really appeal to me. I'd rather, you know, get to know somebody. And if I feel like there's a chemistry, let them know. And they either, you know, feel it too, or they don't, um, but then at least I know that on the basis, there's that fundamental friendship that was had. So, you know, at least that remains intact or one would hope sometimes not, but it's a, it's a, it's a risky do take. Um, but that to me is much more valid. And part of it, you know, maybe I might be over romanticizing it in my mind where, you know, for me, because I don't, it, 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 it's like, you know, the phrase like, oh, this person doesn't just randomly throw out bouquets, meaning they or they don't give out a lot of compliments. So that way, when someone does get a compliment for the person, it you know it's meaningful because they reserve the right. You know they don't they don't do it often. And so in my case, you know I want the person on the receiving end to know you know to have that feeling. Maybe they don't know it outright, but to have the feeling that like okay, this wasn't just you know like uh, just this random act, but it was actually meaningful and and. and and uh, significant to me, right? For lack of a better term. And it goes back to the idea of, of being seen. So, so there was a person that I got to know and, you know, I was like, this person's really, you know, really, really amazing. And I could see myself with them or at least, you know, there was, I had like this, this inkling of like, there could be something here. And I thought it, it for a little bit, but I was like, you know what, let me, you know, it's, it's, it's coming. If I do it right and it comes purely from how I feel and I, and I do the best I can with it, then, you know, yes, there's the potential where I might, you know, this person might not want to be friends with me, but it's it, the risk I, I could justify the risk, right? And so what I had done was, you know, again, I like to, for me, um, if you're sensing a pattern, I like to 
create, you know, I like to create unique experiences. I, I, I like to, you know, part of how I make things significant is by putting in the thought, but doing things, something a little different. So like texting somebody of like, Hey, I really like you or something like that. That to me just, it doesn't feel special. And certainly, you know, people don't really write letters, certainly not handwritten letters, you know, like, like we used to perhaps, or maybe we never did. I don't know, but it seems like we did from what I'm told. So, you know, I decided to write a letter handwritten, which can be, you know, I went through, I went through many drafts of this, right. To get the words perfect. Um, I wanted to keep it succinct, clear, uh, honest, uh, you know, which is a hard balancing act, you know, it goes back to the idea of like, uh, uh, hey, sorry, uh, I, I would have written you a shorter letter. All right. Yeah, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> right. Because a sh short letter um, implies that there's lots of revisions and so forth. And with my handwriting, especially my handwriting sometimes can not necessarily be the greatest. And so, you know, I, I made sure to take the time to that it really be good handwriting. Of course, if you mess up, at least in my case, you know, I have to restart that type of thing. But anyway, point being, I wrote this and I gave it to her. And it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things of, you know, when you do this, um, you know, you don't necessarily know when you're going to get an answer, if at all, right? Because, you know, they take the letter and they go with it and they either respond or they don't. Um, but I felt in my heart of hearts that the person would at least let me know. And I think one of the things that I, you know, as a quick side tangent, um, one of the things I saw online at around the same time, and I was already kind of doing this anyway, but this idea that, uh, rather than like for guys, rather than ask a girl like, Hey, will you be my girlfriend? Say, would you allow me to be your boyfriend? So it just kind of switches up the dynamic and it doesn't have to be verbatim in that sense, but that sort of sentiment. And really, you know, again, as I said, my natural inclination was towards that anyway, but it was just kind of cool to see it that succinctly, you know, of like what, what an intention shift should be for guys when asking out girls. Um, Cause it shouldn't be like, will you be my girlfriend? It's, would you allow me to be? So basically you're giving them the choice, right? And ownership and so forth. So, you know, um, so I wrote this thing and I was honest about it and all in all, uh, it, you know, in some sense, uh, I definitely felt like the vitality of life, you know, nervousness of, um, X, Y, and Z, but I also knew, you know, some of my friends that knew that I was going to do this, they were like, have you heard back? Like, you know, that same day. And I was like, no, I don't, I, I really don't think I'm going to hear back today, you know, so I'm not going to stress out myself about it you know i think you know the person's gonna you know part of it was i, I really thought like the person wasn't even gonna read it until that night and then um you know knowing the person i think i was like they're gonna kind of take their time with it and really provide a thoughtful answer one way or the other and the person did you know and what was kind of interesting is perhaps not the right word but i'll just go with it is that it was the most beautiful rejection i've ever got and I say that because of how heartfelt and honest it was. It, it, it showed empathy, it showed care. And I really appreciated that. It wasn't just like, and, you know, not to toot my, I mean, I guess I 
I will toot my own horn. Um, I think she was reacting to what I had written. And, you know, if I had just texted like, hey, would you ever want to go out with me? Then I think I would have met, been met with something of equal measure. But in this sense, you know, by taking the time that I did, I got a very elevated response and it was beautiful. And, you know, part of it, you know, she wrote like, hey, I know this isn't the answer you were hoping for. Um, and, you know, among other things, but I, so I responded back and I was like, hey, all I was really hoping for was your honesty. And you gave me that in spades in ways that I don't think most people would. And then I wrote some other stuff um, and so forth. And so we're still cool. We're good. Um, I'm not hung up on it, but I just think there, it is a powerful lesson in that sense. Like even in rejection, um, there can be beauty and there can be grace and so forth. And just I, from my perspective, I don't see that enough. So I figured I'd share that for what it's worth. Um, the thing I would like to end on, there's, if you've never seen Casablanca, it's a really wonderful movie. There's a song in the movie called As Time Goes By. And really the re reason why the movie is powerful to me and has really stood the test of time as, you know, arguably one of the, the best film ever made is because it combines the notion that you can have uh, your career as well as love. And it really does get embodied in this song. So this doesn't spoil Casablanca in any sort of way, but I will read this, uh, the lyrics of this song. Uh, you must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply as time goes by. And when two lovers woo, they still say, I love you. On that we can rely, no matter what the future brings, as time goes by. Moonlight and love songs, never out of date. Hearts full of passion, jealousy and hate. Woman needs man, and man must have his mate. That no one can deny. It's still the same old story, a fight for love and glory. A case of do or die. The world will always welcome lovers as time goes by. Now, I'm curious what you think of that. Please write in the comments section. Hit me up on social media at Fitzfita. But I think this encompasses why, like, you know, for centuries and, you know, for all of basically mankind, even, like, let's say back to caveman drawings, we kind of really make art about love in its various forms. And so that is why I wanted to share this on Valentine's Day to kind of give, give different viewpoints into how I consider love. Um, and yeah, yeah um, that's that. <laughs> that's what I got for you. I hope this, uh, this has been a benefit. It's made you think. It's opened up your mind. Um, you know, likewise, I'm very curious, you know, what, what are your perspectives? You know, this is mine. Uh, does me can't change either, right? I'm, I'm always open to new ways of thinking. So please share. Um, 
in the comment section or hit me up on social media at Tech. I appreciate you. And even if you're listening to this not on Valentine's Day, still nonetheless, happy Valentine's Day.